What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fears Favored and Spiritually Grounded. I'm your life coach and host, Tanya Williams. In this episode, we're going to talk about how a wife can support and help her husband. Again, I told you it's the new year. We're kicking off a new you, a better you, and I'm trying to help you become the best version of yourself. So the month of January in 2022, we're going to talk about all things women. I'm sorry, fellas, but we'll get to you next. But we're trying to just encourage and uplift and go into this year strong and be the best version of ourselves. So let's just jump right in. So how can a wife support and help? her husband. You know, really defining a woman's role for marriage relationship can be a very confusing thing. You know, um, first and most obvious reason is um, that many women are simply listening to the multitude of opinions in the media without going into scripture to see exactly what God has declared. By popular opinion, it's not where a wife should look to find a direction of her life and marriage. But the second reason is the role of a wife is so confusing is that some women simply do not want to hear or do what God's commanded us to do. And women think that their way is better than God's plan. However, if you'll seek God's view of the subject and ask him to help you to become uh, the woman that he has called you to be, the joy that he has promised will be yours, I promise you. So therefore, just consider that God, what God has to say about your role as a wife. So let's just talk about this for a second. So how does God want you to fulfill your responsibility? You know, we have to recognize our calling. So if you um, are to become the support to your husband that God has designed for you, you must understand his divine calling upon your life. So do you realize that um, you were created specifically to be your husband's helper? So in Genesis 2.18, Moses is declared. That's my boy, Moses. I just love him. He says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make you a helper comparable to him. The word helper means one who aids another, um, which is a woman was created because the man needed help for from someone that could aid him in the responsibilities. So, you know, I know some of you might be thinking, this sounds so demeaning to me, you know, that I'm just someone's helper. Then think about this for a second. The idea of a wife being her husband's helper does not demean us in any way. The same word helper is used as a reference to the Lord himself. David said concerning God, the helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Jesus also called the Holy Spirit over to the helper who would be sent aid to them service of the father in John 14, 16. So therefore, since the Lord desired to aid us in every way possible, he created woman to be a helper and aid to man. So, you know, you think about it. It's so important that we also know that God has called us. So we have to know the importance of our call and what our purpose and what it is that um, we need to do. So if you don't really know your purpose, um, it's going to be hard for you to support and um, be a helper to your husband. I say that why? Because um, you will feel a little bit resentful if he's doing his thing and you're always supporting him and you know you don't get anything in return. But ladies, the thing is, he can't support you if you're not doing anything. So um, we don't want it to be one-sided. We want it to be fulfilled. You know, with me and my husband, um, even though we're in different 
arenas. He um, sings Southern Soul and the blues and things like that, and he is in the music industry, and I'm in ministry. Um, That doesn't mean we're unequally yoked. It doesn't mean that I can't go with him and support him in the things that he does and vice versa. We can, um, you know, a lot of times that I go out with him, I actually do ministry in 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 clubs and bars and things like that and um I think it's just because God has you know equipped me to reach those type people and it doesn't like it's not like I go out seeking oh who who can I help today they just are naturally drawn to me and so that's where the give give uh give and take comes into place and if you are if you know what you're called to do, then that will give you the courage and the confidence to be able to support and help him in whatever arena that he's in. And, you know, in addition, um, you know, the helper God created um, was to be comparable to Adam. The word comparable means one who is counterpart with matching a mate of the other. The idea is much like a pair of gloves or shoes, you know, that has a mate. It's different, but it's comparable to the counterpart of the other. Just a right-hand glove cannot be worn on your left hand and vice versa. So, men and women are different, but still um, a complement for equal to each other. The right and um, hand glove was not created for the left hand. So likewise, a woman is not the same as a man, but she's counterpart to him, which enables him to function together. Um, so knowing God has stated a plan in your life and you're willing to agree to yield to his desire, but that's the question. Are you willing to be your husband's helper and counterpart? The reason I ask this is because some wives I've spoken with don't want to be the helper. They want to be the head. And if you're trying to be the head, then you'll not be the helper of your husband. So you may say, why not? Because you're striving to head will only create um, a conflict and tension between you and your husband. And God designed it this way. Um, This is the first decision that you got to make. Do you truly want to be a wife and still support and help your husband? So number two, let's talk about becoming an excellent wife. So the next step in becoming a helper to your husband will uh, be that you will become a woman of virtue, of excellent moral character. Solomon taught about this. He said, an excellent wife is a crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness of his bones in Proverbs 12, 4. So what does it mean to be an excellent wife? The word excellent is the same Hebrew word translation of virtuous found in Solomon's instruction. In Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, the meaning of the word excellent essentially refers to the moral character and strength of an individual and used both for men and women. So the thing about it is when we, when we look at that where it's talking about Solomon taught um, to be a crown of her husband, but that she causes shame would be rottenness to his bones. So think about that. Think about when you go out, like how are you representing your spouse? You know, are you on social media taking these um half-naked photos? Are you the one who's always dropping these booty bombs that I call them, where you turn around and you got your booty poked out? You know, how are you representing him? So, it's very important that when you're in a relationship or you're in a marriage that, um, you know, that you don't do what you would not have done to you. And it's always um, so critical just to have that 
character and and represent him in the best godly character and moral strength that you can um you know the prophet habakkuk taught god that you know was one of that gave himself a moral strength in the midst of his trials the lord god is my strength he said he will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high heels and that's in habakkuk 3 19 the word strength in this passage comes from the same hebrew word virtuous so, you know, the thing about it is, you know, such a close fellowship with the Lord that you can go to him and receive his strength for anything. So I encourage you today with the words of Solomon, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. As you reverence the Lord in your life, you will experience the strength up to be a helpmate God has called you to be. So number three, this is the big one. Submission is, <laughs> you know, nobody wants to submit anymore. People think, you know, well, he wants me to be a submissive wife, but I'm, I'm pulling all the weight, you know, um, I'm working, I'm paying half the bills and things like that, which is true. However, we're living in a day and time in a society where, you know, the cost of living is more, um, we want more, we do more, and it's almost um, unheard of to see a um married couple where both partners are not working and sometimes one or two jobs but you know women have gotten this attitude to where i'm doing everything so i don't have to submit well that's not true so let's let's break it down just for a minute the word submission for many women is completely just um used in reference to a wife's role in marriage many women have told me that believing this teaching of submission is a tool used by men to manipulate and control their wives and some of them do but you know i tell these women in some cases if i would um have to agree with them however in submission is understood biblically it can never be used in this manner so you know you might say why do i say this so let me throw this in your ear and consider this we all have to submit in a multitude of ways throughout our lives where um, we don't think submission is evil or manipulation. So we submit to things like traffic laws or um, laws of our nation so we don't go to jail. We submit to our employees or employers uh, or risk getting fired from our jobs. We all have to be submissive and respectful with our friends and not to offend them and um, or we won't have friends for that long. So finally, um, you know, we all are called to submit to the Lord in all things. In other words, every submits to someone in some way. Um, we do so to be obedient, to keep harmony, to show love and keep order in our life. But the Bible also declares concerning marriage. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is the subject to Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands in everything. And that's Ephesians 5, 22 through 24. So why is submission of a wife to her husband so important in the marriage relationship? Understanding this truth is just as important as learning submission in other ways that we've already considered. So let's talk about it. Submission creates a chain of command um, in an organization, including the family. So God's given 
um, even ordained submission between three persons of the Godhead. Paul made it clear when he taught, you know, I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. There is one head in the government. There's one head in most businesses. Therefore, it stands to reason, but there should be one head in the family. Becoming submissive to your husbands eliminates the power struggle between the two of you and brings great harmony in the relationship. So I already know what some of you are thinking, but my husband um, is a terrible leader and I don't want to submit to him. But if you think this, then it doesn't make it difficult to submit, but you are still called to do it. You know, I would encourage you to print out, um, you know, just write down some pros and cons of, you know, how does a husband lead his wife and family and ask your husband to really consider these responsibilities. And um, number four, and, and this is really just a great one, um, I think, is to just take a servant's position. Become a helper to anyone who requires you to serve them in some capacity. Even Jesus become a servant to all mankind in order to free us from our servitude to sin. So, you know, whoever decides to come great among you, let them be your servant. That's in Matthew 20, 26. In the same wife, a man, a in the same manner, a wife must become a servant to her husband if she desires to help him to fulfill his responsibilities. And ladies, let's just say this. We have to um, sometimes be the bigger person. If we want them to change, sometimes we have to be the change. So I call it the mirror effect. You know, whatever you're doing will eventually rub off on him. And don't think he's not seeing it. So if, if you don't like the way he talks to you, change the way you talk to him. And so I say this because, you know, over time, it really works. If you think about it in your friends, if you're in a circle where... They're doing some things and you're around them. Eventually, their habits is going to rub off on you and vice versa. So, you know, um, how and where you can be a better helper with your husband. You know, what's he ask you to do for him? Uh, what does he need help with? You know, these are things that you can put at the top of your priority or at the bottom. But, you know, ask him and see what he can help you with. Like, for instance, um, you know, the way I become a helpmate is like when my husband's getting ready to go out of town or on shows or has something that night, then I kind of go down the list. Okay, what do you need help with today? Can I put your outfit together? Do you need it iron? You know, and then before we walk out, I'm like, okay, do you have all these things that he needs um, in order to perform? He needs an extra dry shirt afterwards to change into. He needs a towel. Usually, he usually likes to perform in a certain pair of sunglasses and earrings. You know, do you have your thumb drive for your music? Do you have your CDs to sell? So, you know, these are a way that we can be a servant unto them and vice versa. When I go to do my thing and speak and things like that, he's with me, you know, carrying my banner, you know, um, just helping me make sure that I've got everything and I haven't left anything. And it's a give and take. And number five, let's talk about being his companion. So to truly help anybody, you got to be their friend and companion. Like with me and my husband, we are like best friends. We like to do everything together. We like to spend time together. And I know some of you are like, Ugh, you know, I I don't have that type of relationship. Well, it's something that you got to work on. You, it just doesn't happen overnight. We truly enjoy spending time with each other. We are like best friends. Um, you know, we laugh and we do crazy stuff together. And that's that's just our relationship and the prophet malachi warned men to treat their spouse in a righteous and loving manner because the lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth with whom you have dealt treacherously yet she is your companion and your wife 
by covenant. And that's in Malachi 2.14. Do you realize that God is witness to the way your husband and wives treat one another? God has called you to come together as a team, love and build each other up and encourage and train your children. You cannot fulfill either of these duties um, if you are your husband's adversary. So think about that. You know, men need pick me up too, ladies. So you need to tell them they look nice that day. They smell good. You know, build up their ego and stroke their ego just as they do yours. And again, if he's not doing that, you do it and watch the table be turned. That's how, you know, you got to bring about change. If you want change, you got to be change. And so um, it, it's very important for us to, if your relationship's not where you want it to be, then work on that to make it there. You know, nothing... Uh, worth having comes easy so sometimes you're going to have to um, be the one to initiate and make the change so let's talk about number six being a responsible homemaker so one of the greatest conflicts is constantly brought up in marriage um, is the resentment that the men have toward their wives over the failure to make take care of the home and this is the one of the primary responsibilities of a wife, according to Scripture. Paul encouraged the older women, um, the uh, young women, to love their husbands, to love their children, discreet, chastised homemakers, good, obedient of their husbands, and the word of God may not be blasphemed in Titus 2, 4 through 5. The word homemakers in this passage means to work, caring, managing the home. Just as a husband is to work and provide for his family, so a wife is to take care of her home. This can be especially challenging when a wife works outside the home. So most of us have full-time jobs now, um, you know, and our kids, you know, we're not staying at home taking care of the kids anymore. The kids have activities, you know, and we got other responsibilities that we take care of. We may have a second job. We may have a side hustle. We may have all these things. So it becomes a balancing act, dividing responsibilities and helping one another, you know, inside the home. But I believe that in reading Proverbs 31, 10 through 31 will give you a clear understanding of how balancing is accomplished. And this section of scripture is valuable because it addresses the many aspects of a wife's responsibility. And it's important to note that the virtuous wife had interests and activities outside the home, but kept them in proper order. So she was very um, industrious in her ability to work with her hands, but she first provided food for her household. So, you know, it's important to understand, um, you know, we can, we can, you know, do things outside the home, but we got to make sure that our home is our first ministry and it comes first. Number seven, this is a huge one. Respect your husband. And a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of wives don't do that these days. And I hear my husband say all the time, the best thing that I've ever been able to do for him is to respect him and let him be a man. And, you know, the thing about it is some of you may not know how to show respect, but respecting your husband is first something that uh, must be rendered simply because of the position of the family. He is your head, therefore you should acknowledge him as such. So show respect for your husband's position and authority. So for instance, if you have no personal knowledge of policeman that stops you on the highway, but you show him respect as an individual, right? Why do you do that? Because of his position and authority as a police officer, uh, you know, so likewise, you should do the same as your husband. So I know what you're thinking. You know, I have a non-Christian or spiritually carnal man um, as my husband. I can't respect and defer to him. Notice what Peter says um, in such teachings 
for wives in these cases. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, even if some do not obey the word. They, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chest conduct accompanied by fear. 1 Peter 3, 1 3, 12. So, that goes back to what I said earlier about the mirror effect and change your ways and it will change him. So, um, you know, this, this is shown by our speech and our conduct to submit to his leadership. So how are you attempting to win your husband over by your conduct? So, you know, if we're always rolling our neck and got a smart attitude and stuff like that, we got to learn to speak gentle and respectful to him and not be demanding and commanding of him. Remember, it's not unsubmissive to disagree your voice or opinion. We just got to do it in a respectful way. Number eight, so we got to meet his sexual needs. You know, many times in marriage, you know, uh, wives attempt to control and manipulate their husbands by withholding sex. So, you know, I've seen some wives that get mad and they take it away or whatever, but the reasoning and the behavior it's unchristian and unbiblical. Why? Because if you use sex in this manner, you've taken what God intended to be expression of love and affection and made it a weapon of control. So your behavior like this will only cause your husband to lose respect and will drive him away. And, you know, this is why a lot of men cheat. And we, we got to be honest. Let's just be real. You may also struggle in your mind with meeting his needs because you don't I think that it meets your needs emotionally or sexually. So how can you resolve this issue? If you refuse to meet his sexual needs, what will happen? Your relationship will only worsen because of his tension and his sense of rejection. And and a man, that's how he relaxes and how he um, lets go of stress of the day. So instead, you should meet his needs and then... You know, lovingly discuss how you can he can meet your needs as well. One of my best things that I give women is like, you know, when they want to talk to their husband about difficult conversations that they find it hard to talk to him in a um, normal setting, I always say, try to bring it up after you have sex because he's relaxed, his mind's clear. He's more likely to, um, you know, discuss those things openly and have an open mind about it. And, um, I find it to work for me. So, you know, it, it may or may not work for you, but I've always had a better, um, result from doing it that way. So this concludes this episode of how a wife can support and help her husband. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope it's helping you. Uh, some of the things that we're talking about this month be a better you in the areas of just a woman in general. Um, like I said, I chose to talk about topics surrounded by us this month because, you know, going into the new year, sometimes we need that extra oomph, that push or whatever to help us to achieve our goals and to do the things that we want to. And I just want to address some of the things that maybe we struggle with as women. Also, don't forget, um, we are kicking off the small group this month. So, if you would like to join in, email me at tanyawilliams01 at gmail.com. Email your name, your phone number, and your email and how you would like to join, um, whether it's in person or virtual. Um, The name of the small group is The Best Version of Me, and that is based off the book that I have written and the workbook. So, um, the small group is free, but you will have to purchase the books. You can purchase them at Amazon, or you can buy them at a discounted bundle price on my website at www.tanyawilliamslifecoach.com. And again, 
we hope to have a conference um, maybe next go round. I think it's too soon for us to launch a conference this time. But um, at the conference, not to give out too much, we will be delivered and healed from some of these bondages that um, we've been walking in. And just to give you a little bit of overview of what to expect of the group, in case I haven't missed uh, mentioned it yet, it'll be a six to eight week commitment. You'll be re required to purchase the books and what you can expect we will be transparent and intentional in finding the root cause of our, some of our bondages. We'll share personal experiences and how I overcome those challenges. And the thing about it is you get out of it what you put into it so I can provide the tools, but they won't work unless you do. Some of the topics that we'll discuss is ministry manipulation, abandonment, rejection, whether that's with your father, mother, church, job, family. Um, some bondages we'll talk about will be mental, physical abuse, rape, molestation, abortion, um, just bondage from your thoughts. We'll also talk about forgiveness and seeing yourself as God sees you and faith over fear. And so I look forward to being on this journey with you guys. Um, this is one of my passions is just teaching. So thank you guys so much for just rocking with me and always listening. If you're not following me, check me out on Instagram at spiritually underscore grounded. I'm also on Facebook at Tanya Williams Life Coach and um, you can check me out on YouTube at Tanya Williams Life Coach. Me and my husband, we are doing uh, Real Talk in Black and White. It is um, a show that we do every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And we talk about all things relationships. So be sure to like and follow and subscribe for that. Until next time.